Well, it's good to be with you this morning. If I haven't had the pleasure to meet you, my name's Eric Haskins. Uh, I have the joy and the privilege of being one of the pastors here at Christ Church. As Dan already shared, today marks the official beginning of the holiday Christmas season. Yes, I know, I just saw Noel go, oh, yes. Now, I know for some of you, you're like, wait a minute, that began for me November 1st when October was in my rearview mirror and I could finally put up my Christmas tree and play Christmas music, music without too much judgment from my neighbors and friends. Well, for the rest of us normal folks, we mark the Christmas season today. And that being said, I can already guess what is happening. You have your lists. The lists are starting to generate. You have you, your lists of what lists you need to make, right? You have your list of, uh, of the Hallmark holiday specials you do not want to miss. You have your list of Christmas gifts. My mom, in fact, started asking us for our list as soon as Labor Day passed. She goes, Eric, QV, Q, what is it, QV, QVC? right? QVC, you have to order early to get the best stuff, all right? That's just how my mom rolls. You have lists for decorations around the house, lists for dinner supplies. In fact, I know many of you are already jotting down that list, the last minute list, because you just remembered that you don't have this or that for your festivities at one, which Linda's right over there, which reminds me, yeah, we do have to stop at Jewel on the way home, Okay. <laughs> With all these festivities being beginning to swirl, as we shall see, it's important to take a moment to pause, to be here in Thanksgiving, to set our hearts to be thankful and live towards a life of gratitude. And as a side note, this service marks the third and final installment of what we have been calling our B series that we've carried throughout the fall in different ways. And if you missed the first two or would like to revisit it, I highly encourage you to do so. You can find all our messages on our website underneath media, messages, and you will see the B banner. I encourage you, maybe even today, sometime this weekend, as you're just being, relaxing from the chaos, to take in what we've shared through this powerful series. So towards the hope to be thankful Ask the Spirit of Christ to illuminate for you our passage of gratitude from the Gospels this morning. I'll be reading from the message. Luke 17, 11 through 19. It happened that as Jesus made his way toward Jerusalem, he crossed over the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten men, all lepers, met him. They kept their distance, but raised their voices, calling out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Taking a good look at them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. They went, and while still on their way, became clean. One of them, one of them, when he realized that he was healed, turned around and came back, shouting his gratitude, glorifying God. He kneeled at Jesus' feet, so grateful. He couldn't thank Jesus enough, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus said, were not ten healed? 
Where are the other nine? Can none be found to come back and give glory to God except this outsider? Then he said to him, get up on your way. Your faith has healed and saved you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So this passage got me thinking about gratitude, about being thankful. And as I was pondering gratitude, I came to the realization that for me, learning a life of gratitude began around the dinner table. Growing up in our family, meals always began with the same question, who's going to give thanks? Meaning, who's going to pray before we start eating? No one dared to dish up their plate until the, this family practice had taken place. As kids at holiday gatherings, we knew whose prayers were longer or shorter. So we always hoped for a certain uncle to pray over a certain grandfather. Because we knew if grandpa prayed, we're going to be tortured by the smells of this amazing food wafting up to our nostrils on that Thanksgiving or Christmas Day celebration for what would seem like an inordinate amount of time and torture to put little ones through. And really who, as all this food is on the table, hot and ready, needs to pray that long? This is a practice I still continue now with my own family. The practice of giving thanks at a meal, not hoping a certain person prays, just so we're clear. Just so we're clear. Illuminated by our key passage this morning, it caused me some additional pause as I reflected over this family practice that I've done thousands of times. And as I slowed down and was present to this formational practice, I discovered how by giving thanks before a meal reveals a way towards gratitude in our lives. The first realization is that it forces us to be still and pause. Our day is filled with constant motion, rushing from one activity to another. Many of these things are very good, and those things on our list, they're not all bad. They're very good. But we end up like the nine lepers in our story. We are so overwhelmed. We are so excited. We are so carried by the so many good things that we rush from one to the next without even realizing it, without really taking in and experiencing what is truly before us. Did you catch that from our passage? Nine of the ten lepers were so excited to be healed. That is a very good thing. That they immediately went on to the next and missed the opportunity to turn around and give praise and glory to God. They missed an opportunity to personally thank Jesus. Maybe stated in more of our present-day context, the nine are like so many on Black Friday. You know that day we trample others as we race toward cheap goods shortly after being thankful for everything that we have. <laughs> right? As Black Friday brings to the forefront, hand-in-hand hand with the rushing around is all the noise you and I are constantly in. The visual noise, the auditory noise, the internal noise quieting ourselves throughout the day, even for a few moments, can help shape and transform the disquiet in the normal flow of our lives. I love how the message renders the opening of Psalm 23. 
God, my shepherd, I don't need a thing. You have bedded me down in lush meadows. You find me quiet pools to drink from. True to your word, you let me catch my breath and send me in the right direction. Could not giving thanks before each meal, enabling you to pause and be still throughout the day, be a way to catch your breath and set your hearts and souls towards gratitude? I think it might. Secondly, giving thanks before a meal enables you to be present to listen. To be present to listen. I've always found it intriguing listening to the persona people take on as they pray. Uh, I once had a former pastor that was like a newscaster, right? He had these to-the-point, short, distinct prayers. My father-in-law seemed to channel a 16th century preacher who only prayed in the King James. And around the table, as our eyes are closed, we are present to this moment here and now. And no matter who it is, we give ourselves over to the other as we listen and join in with them in the prayer. There is this active passivity. Listening prayer, there is an active passivity that fosters gratitude. Last week, I was at my brother's house for his birthday. And... Um, my youngest nephew said something in his cute, rambling way that he does. He's in second grade. Uh, that really struck me deeply. As I came in the house and um, Ben starts rambling in his cute way, and, and those of you who know me know I love board gaming, right? Some people golf, I board game. So my nephew definitely knows that, and he loves board gaming also. And so when he saw me walk through the door, he starts rambling, oh, Uncle Eric, uh, Uncle Eric, I'm, I'm so glad you're I'm going to get some board games for later because last year you, you were so busy we weren't able to get the game. So maybe this time Uncle Eric will be able to play a game. I'll slow that down for you. And what struck me, we didn't play games last time because you were so busy. That's what he said. That struck me deeply. Last week, however, I turned my attention to Benjamin Eric. Yep, named after me. Maybe that's why he likes board games, who knows. And as I turned my attention towards Ben and engaged in this active passivity with him on the living room floor, because believe me, Ben was active, I was simply passive. He was leading, I was simply being blessed. My soul was being filled and taught by this little soul right there as we connected through Connect Four and the living room floor. And that forced me to say a little prayer of gratitude to God. God, thank you for little souls that can teach big souls lessons. In our story, we see this act of passivity as told by Luke. They went and while still on their way became clean, one of them, when he realized that he was healed, turned around and came back, shouting his gratitude, glorifying God. They were going about their lives, doing what Jesus told them to do. And in the process, this act of passivity, and in the process, they were healed. Only one realized it, however. 
May it be because he was most present to what Jesus said. And as he pondered in the flow of going, what does this mean? How is this going to happen? Why did Jesus tell us to go? As he pondered the words of Jesus in the flow of his life, he realized the grace that had been bestowed upon him because his attention wasn't on the next thing. It was being present and listening to Jesus, which caused him to stop in his tracks and shout gratitude to God. The act of passivity of being present to listen leads us to a life of gratitude where we can be thankful. Finally, as I pondered the way of gratitude through giving thanks at the table, I realized the joy, the joy there is to be thankful in community. At the end of the prayer, there seems that at the end of any prayer, especially a table, a table prayer, there seems to be an involuntary connection where everyone says, Amen. Around the table, when we say amen, amen means we agree. Let it be so. That's the truth. But typically, especially at holiday times, we know amen means let's eat. (laughs) And we are celebrating what is before us and who has provided it and who is beside us. And there's this chorus, this raucous chorus of cheers and pass the stuffing. And you know what? At times that's okay. Especially when we are celebrating not simply the gifts in front and around us, but the giver of those gifts. As you are enabling through pausing and being present to one another through a prayer at a meal. A life of gratitude isn't just about silent contemplation. It is also a raucous response and celebration and enjoyment to what has been so graciously graciously given to us by God. Luke tells us that of the ten lepers, only one returns to give praise and thanks to Jesus. And in so doing, he was especially blessed by Jesus. But imagine how much more would the celebration have been If the ten together in response to what Jesus had done in their lives returned together in community to give their thanks and praise to Jesus. If a life of gratitude is anything, it is a raucous celebration thanking God, the giver of gifts for the gifts before us and who is beside us. So giving thanks at the beginning of a meal enables us to create space to be still and to pause, to be present, to listen, and to be thankful in community. As we approach our tables later today, may these discoveries lead us to a life of raucous gratitude in community of being thankful. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much. We thank you so much. We thank you for what you have set before us. We thank you for who is beside us. 
We thank you for the graces in the everyday moments of our life. Lord, may we truly pause. May we listen. May we see. May we turn around and thank you in community for being who you are, for being the loving, gracious provider of all gifts. And all God's people said, Amen.